What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko flying solo this evening as my co-host and co-expert at thepewterplank.com. David Harrison is taking the night off. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Bucks at the Pewter Plank. I'm at JYarko underscore Bucks and you can find David at DH82 underscore Bucks. Tonight we're going to dive into the uh, 15 Hall of Fame finalists that were announced on the NFL Network. Uh... That would be on Tuesday night, as you are listening to this on Wednesday morning. It's strange living in the future. Yeah, it, it, it jumbles up your uh, your thoughts, and, and at least we know that there is a tomorrow. The world won't end today because I am currently living in the future. But, of course, the Hall of Fame finalists do play a role into the world that is Tampa Bay Buccaneers fandom as John Lynch has been named one of the 15 finalists for the Hall of Fame yet again. Uh, And both Rondé Barber and Simeon Rice missed the cut from 25 to 15. So with that, we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive right in to John Lynch. Now, John Lynch, um, he is, it seems like he's always on the cusp and just can't get over that hump. And it's so frustrating, I'm sure, for him and for Buccaneers fans. And a friend of the show, Scott Smith of Buccaneers.com, had tweeted out when it was announced that John Lynch was one of the 15 modern era finalists, that for what it's worth, John Lynch was a finalist for the first time in 2014. And he's the only one of that year's 17 finalists not yet inducted into the Hall of Fame. We all believe that John Lynch is a Hall of Fame football player. We all believe that John Lynch earned that spot, earned that enshrinement into the Hall of Fame because we witnessed him play you know, week in and week out. And we know how good he was. We know how he changed the game. John Lynch could not play in today's era of football, and we know that. We've seen that. Guys like Deshaun Goldson and Dante Whitner and Cam Chancellor, they are of that same mold that John Lynch was cut from. And they found themselves in a lot of trouble for the, for the hits that were put down. I'm not going to go over all of Lynch's accolades. I'm not going to go over his stats I'm not I'm it's been it's been beaten to death you know for that kind of for that kind of coverage we all know that the best person to listen to is the man that will be in charge of trying to get John Lynch into Canton and that's Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman he will once again be presenting the case for John Lynch he will once again be tasked with trying to convince these voters of something that he has not been able to do in the past four attempts. That's not a slight against Ira. Ira is one heck of a reporter. He he seems, I've never personally spoken with him, but he seems for all intents and purposes to be a great guy. He's responsible for getting Warren Sapp in the hall or Derek Brooks. He's He's got a tall order. And there's nothing that he can say this year that he hasn't said in the past four years. It's just a matter of the committee finally giving in and saying, you know what, he's waited long enough. 
it's John Lynch's turn. I think one of the strongest cases that he has is the fact that he's been a finalist now for the fifth time, and every finalist that has been named with him since that 2014 ca- uh, class has made it in except for Lynch. Now, will Lynch's first season as general manager help or hurt his cause? I don't think it matters. At the end of the day, this is about John Lynch the player, not John Lynch the general manager. I think it's long overdue, and, you know, Lynch has stiff competition this year. Uh, To go along with Lynch, the other finalists are slam dunk first ballot Hall of Famer Ray Lewis. You know, say what you will about his his off-field issues or accusations, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You also have Terrell Owens, yet again. Is this the year that the Riders finally, you know, throw in the towel and say, we've made Terrell Owens wait long enough? Owens has the numbers. He was just a jerk. This is kind of the voters' way of saying, you know what, you can't be this kind of locker room person and be a first ballot guy. You have Randy Moss. Is Randy Moss going to get in before uh, Terrell Owens? You could make the argument. You have Brian Erlacher. You have Steve Hutchinson. Tony Baselli, Isaac Bruce. Alan Fanica. Joe Jacoby. Edron James. Ty Law. Kevin Mawai, Everson Walls, and the big competition for John Lynch, Brian Donkin, Dawkins. Excuse me. Brian Dawkins has better stats, and the voters are going to look at that. But Brian Dawkins doesn't have the sustained success among team defenses. That John Lynch does. Now, the key word in that is team. However, the team defenses that John Lynch was a part of in both Tampa Bay and Denver speak to the level of leadership and knowledge that John Lynch brought to those teams. One of the things that has stuck with me for a while hearing hearing Ira talk about this process is a lunch that he had with Tony Dungy. And Tony Dungy told him that in that Tampa 2 defense, John Lynch had the most responsibility of any player. John Lynch was the catalyst. Yeah, Warren Sapp was a monster on the line. Derek Brooks is one of the greatest linebackers we have ever seen play this game. Both of them are enshrined in Canton, Ohio. But John Lynch was the glue. John Lynch was the man responsible for keeping everything in line. That should say something. Along with John Lynch being named as one of the 15 finalists, we had two players who had made it to the 25 semifinalists that didn't make it. Rondé Barber and Simeon Rice. 
Coming up, I'm going to be talking about those two gentlemen and their chances on the Hall of Fame moving forward. You are listening to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko of thepewterplank.com, flying solo as my co-host David Harrison is taking the night off. Rondé Barber and Simeon Rice did not make the final cut of the 25 semifinalists into the 15 finalists. I'm not shocked by this revelation. I'm just disappointed. Rondé and Simeon are both going to get their time. They will both be enshrined in Canton before all is said and done. I'm not going to dive too deep into the Rondé Barber side of things tonight. Rondé has the longevity. He has the statistics. He has the, the play on film that show you that he is a Hall of Fame corner. No, he's not Deion Sanders. He wasn't the shutdown, man-to-man, press coverage guy. Rondé Barber revolutionized the nickel corner. The Buccaneers don't win a Super Bowl without Rondé Barber doing what Rondé Barber did. What I'm going to talk about is Simeon Rice. And it was great. It was great to see him finally get the recognition at least to become a semifinalist. It's more than deserved. The fact that he's been overlooked for this long, to me, is a complete travesty. You have a guy who, per season, averaged more sacks than Hall of Famer Charles Haley, Hall of Famer Jason Taylor, Hall of Famer Michael Strahan, future Hall of Famer Dwight Freeney. Simeon Rice played 12 seasons. He probably could have played more if it weren't for the shoulder injury. In those 12 seasons, he played in 174 games and finished with 122 sacks, 28 forced fumbles, 8 fumble recoveries, and 5 interceptions. He averaged 10.2 sacks per season. He's still the last Buccaneer to have a double-digit sack season. He was the second fastest player in NFL history to reach 100 sacks. Of players in the top 20 all-time in sacks. Jason Taylor's in. Jared Allen's going to be eligible in 2021. Jared Allen's going to get in. Julius Peppers. He's going to get in. Demarcus Ware. He'll get in. John Abraham. Leslie O'Neill. Clyde Simmons. Those are the players besides Simeon Rice. In the top 20 all-time in sacks that are not in the Hall of Fame. 
And you can look at this list and say, well, he's a no-brainer. He's a no-brainer. He's a no-brainer. So why isn't Simeon Rice? Why isn't the guy who could single-handedly take over a football game because of his size, his speed, his agility, and his pure athleticism, why is he still overlooked? It doesn't make any sense. Now, it's not my job to get Simeon Rice into the Hall of Fame. It is my job to voice my opinion, back it up with data, and explain why I feel the way that I do. When I joined the Pewter Plank, coming up on two years ago, one of the first things that I wrote for the website was an article called Former Buccaneers Defensive End Simeon Rice Deserves a Spot in Canton. And I laid it all out in there as to why he's deserving, why it seems confusing how Michael Strahan got in without any question at all while Simeon Rice has to sit there and fight for himself to even be mentioned, how Jason Taylor, who at the time of of me publishing that column, had not been inducted into the Hall of Fame, but he got in. And Simeon Rice was better. I mean, you can if you're if you're a stat guy, look at the stats. Simeon was better. If you're a film guy, look at the film. Simeon was better. No matter how you cut it, Simeon Rice was a superior player to Jason Taylor. And that's not taking anything away from Jason Taylor. He was a phenomenal NFL player. There's a reason he has a bust in Canton. I enjoyed watching Jason Taylor play. He was a game changer. He was fun to watch. But why is it so easy for the Hall of Fame voters to put Jason Taylor in when Simeon Rice has been fighting just to be named one of the 15 finalists. You know, something that that warrants or that um, that Simeon Rice had said, this has been a while back, but he simply said, there's no Hall of Fame without me in it. I didn't have nobody falling down to help me get sacks. I didn't have that. I had to earn everything I got. And he's right. And that's something that Michael Strahan's going to have to live with the rest of his life, is people are going to bring up the fact that Favre took a dive to give Michael Strahan the sack record. Yeah, he's got it. But those of us that watched that game and remember that season, we saw what happened. It's a slightly tainted record. Warren Sapp spoke to the Tampa Tribune. This tells you how long ago this was because it was the Tampa Tribune, not the Tampa Bay Times. But Ira Kaufman's former former paper, the Tampa Tribune, interviewed Warren Sapp, and this is what Sapp had to say. Quote, Simeon was a better pass rusher than Michael Strahan every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Rice didn't rush the worst lineman. You know the right tackle is the worst of the five. 
Strahan played right end his first four years. When they were putting the label on him as a bust, they put B-U-S. Let's transition him to the other side and see if he can play in his fourth year. They put him at right end, and he couldn't do it. So they moved him to the wheat guy, one-on-one with the John Runyons for eight quarters every year. Sim won't ever have his name brought up for the Hall of Fame, and that's a shame. He's one of the best pass rushers I've ever encountered in my life. Now, his name has been brought up for the Hall of Fame because he was one of the semifinalists. And I think that was a huge step in the right direction for putting Simeon Rice where he rightfully belongs. At the end of the day, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, and Simeon Rice will all have their busts in Canton. They'll all have their day in the spotlight because they've earned that. The film backs it. The stats back it. They will get their turn. Hopefully, for their sake and the sake of the fans that spent so many Sundays cheering them on, witnessing their greatness, that wait doesn't take much longer. For John Lynch, it shouldn't be any longer than when the class of 2018 is announced. I've said for quite a while, Rondé Barber will be a Hall of Famer, but he's not going to be on the first ballot. For Simeon, his time is long past due. So it's great to see that he got that first step, but the committee has to do better. They have to do better by Simeon because he earned it on the field every Sunday. Whether it was for the Cardinals or the Buccaneers or trying to fight through an injury and play with only one arm for the Colts or Broncos. Simeon Rice is a Hall of Fame defensive end and deserves to be looked at and observed as such. Make sure that you are following us on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at the Pewter Plank. I am at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and you can find my co-host and co-expert of ThePewterPlank.com, David Harrison, at DH82 underscore Bucks. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us once again right here at LockedOnBucks.